part one, ethics and jurisprudence. Ethics is the judgment of conduct based on right and wrong. The patient's dental records and medical history chart is owned by the dentist. The patients own the information and they have the right to request to see and copy the information but not own the original. The Dental Hygiene Code of Ethics purpose is to achieve high levels of ethical consciousness designed to uphold the highest level of care and improve public health. Here are some definitions of the core values of the Code of Ethics. Veracity is telling the truth. It means truthfulness and integrity. Autonomy is where the patient has the right to an informed consent and freedom of choice and full disclosure of treatment. What can happen sometimes is something called paternalism, which is where the hygienist acts as a parent and tries to override the decisions and opinions of the patient, and this goes against autonomy. Beneficence is promoting the well-being of individuals and the public. Do good. This is the highest standard of care. Non-maleficence means do no harm. This provides protection that protects all patients from harm. Confidentiality slash fidelity. This is an obligation to hold patients' information and for it to not be disclosed. So you have to be confidential about the patient's information. Justice. Justice treats patients with fairness regardless of all factors and promotes equality. Societal trust. This ensures a positive relationship between the public and the healthcare professional. A standard of care. All patients should be granted the same level of care and attentiveness. Next, we'll go into law, criminal and civil law. Um, the most common dental cases that lawsuits arise come from dental injections. The patients have adverse reactions, um, and sometimes there might be a failure to diagnose. So avoid this happening with documentation, charting, and communication with the patient. So the two types of laws, criminal and civil law. Criminal law is a crime against a society. We won't talk anymore about that one. Civil law is a crime against an individual. This includes contracts and tort law. Contract law is an agreement between two parties, the client and their practitioner. You have an implied contract, which is an assumed agreement, and an expressed contract, which is an oral or written agreement. Termination may be made by the client or practitioner for non-compliance or failure to pay. Abandonment is when you dismiss your patient without ample and proper notice. Tort law is the other type of civil law. This is wrongful conduct against a person. You have intentional tort and unintentional tort. Intentional tort is where you have battery, assault, or defamation. Battery is offensive bodily contact with the intent to harm. 
Assault is threatening bodily harm just to cause fear. And lastly, defamation is threatening someone's good name or reputation. So essentially, you're just talking shit about that person. So you have two different types of defamation. You have libel and you have slander. Libel is the written defamation. It starts with an L just like library and there are written books in a library. Slander is the verbal defamation. Slander is verbal. Slander starts with S, so does spoken. And lastly, we have an intentional tort. This is negligence and malpractice and supervised neglect. Negligence or malpractice is carelessness without the intent to harm, but harm must be done. Then we have supervised neglect, which is where the, per the patient needs further care, but it's discharged because the patient doesn't want to come back in for another appointment or you break a, an instrument tip in the patient's gingiva and you don't tell them. Next, we're going to talk about consent. If a patient is unconscious and needs emergency treatment, it is legal to treat the patient without consent. We have informed consent and informed refusal. Informed consent is where the patient agrees to a procedure presented and will follow the treatment. And you have implied and expressed informed consent. Implied meaning that it's implied by actions alone and expressed means it's implied through an agreement given verbally or written. An informed refusal is when the patient denies treatment after it is presented. The refusal is valid only if the, the refusal isn't obtained through deceit. The procedure, complications, and alternative choices must be listed. Benefits and risks of prognosis must be listed. With risks of non-treatment, the patient must be competent and allowed to ask questions. So you might receive an informed refusal that they've signed and returned to you because they can't have a procedure done because they can't afford it or they don't think it's necessary. But you have to explain everything to them as if they're going to have the procedure and if they deny the procedure. Next is regulatory compliances. These are the agencies that regulate dental hygiene. Um, OSHA, the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, is responsible for developing universal standard protocols for employees to prevent them from contracting disease through blood and or other bodily fluids. This protects the worker. HIPAA, protects the patient. This is the Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act. Only the patient and insurance carrier are allowed to view the patient's health care information. 
This helps to maintain patient confidentiality and prevents information from being stolen. The form needs to be signed once unless changes are made. Copies of the policy are given out every three years. The CDC, Center for Disease Control, recommends infection control protocol and conducts research to determine how diseases are transmitted. This provides guidelines for disease prevention and disease transmission. It's located in Atlanta, Georgia. The COBRA Act, Consolidated Omnibus Budget Reconciliation Act, um, it gives individuals the right to keep the group health insurance benefit for 18 months after they leave the practice. So this is also for the um, hygienist employee. And the last three things for ethics and jurisprudence, we're going to talk about supervision. You have general supervision, direct supervision, and indirect supervision. General supervision, the dentist needs to authorize the hygienist procedures, but does not need to be present. Direct supervision means the dentist needs to be physically present during the procedure. And indirect supervision means the dentist needs to authorize the procedure and be in the office when the procedure is performed. And that is the end of ethics and jurisprudence in under 10 minutes.